All I'm saying is that Kid Rock is Dave Matthews band for people who are ready to admit that they're racist. <laughs> or his early work is just ripping off Limp Bizkit. Yeah, which... I, honestly, I think Kid Rock deserves to be like more mocked than Limp Bizkit does at this point. Oh, he point. does. Like, like, for that, the music uh, did not age well, but Fred Durst was at least kind of pioneering a new thing at the time. Uh, you know, you can say that Rage Against the Machine was doing it too, and corn to some extent. I, I can't believe we're in a hole about, like... Faith no more. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but... Kid Rock just came along and, like, he seems to kind of glom on to whatever genre's readily available to boost his popularity. Kind of like a male Taylor Swift, except dumber. Yeah. And more, just, like, more reactionary. I just know that his music is kind of, like, that. Anyway, uh... He to hang on. He's like Diet Ted Nugent. Enough about uh, current current year sadness. Let's talk about 2000s era sadness and relationship mm. drama. Let's talk all about it. Yes, folks, welcome to Audi 5000. So, I don't know what tagline we're going with, but there was actually a perfect one in this first episode, uh, which, which is, I see, <laughs> I can see fedoras are making a comeback. <laughs> It would probably be like, we should just do what they do when they, like, in this episode, just hype up the internet. Like, they would just say things like, oh, broadband, high-speed, connectivity. Broadband, high-speed, connectivity, interactive web links, HTML. Angel Fire. America Online Internet Interactive Chat Board System. Goatsy. <laughs> <laughs> oh man i'm frank and i'm podcasting's unfortunate deadbeat dad larry uh that's an upgrade from podcasting's creepy uncle <laughs> i think i i think it's uh it's awarded and it's necessarily needed i me. guess i'm i'm podcasting's creepy uncle now because we hey, we shifted sides of the family since uh this is more your baby than mine <laughs> Yes, it's my it's my sixth child, and this I don't know if you what could you even call podcasting at this point in time. Um, at, at this point, I'd call it uh, a way to simulate a very intense series of conversations with Mark Maron. But I look at podcasting as the the free marketplace of ideas, oh, God. witticism, wit, standards. I was honestly expecting you, you to use the phrase hashtag new media at some point there. Oh, fuck no. You see, you see it's, it's very Web 2.0. I have seen more podcasts about random shit be successful. I think that we could light this candle. Oh, let's... I have faith. Let's do it to it. I mean, everyone's all nostalgic about the generation they should actually be nostalgic for for once, so, I mean... But yeah, we got uh, we got our early two thousands nostalgia hats on, which may or may not be fedora shaped, and we are looking at Degrassi Junior High. Uh, hey, actually, no, it's Degrassi: The Next Generation, not Star Trek: The Next Generation. Although I did consider making a podcast about that, but I can only talk about how much Data is the best character for so long before people would just turn it off. Podcasting has actually been around 
pre-the internet. It was actually called audio blogging. So I just it, that's been going on since like the 1980s, and uh, it was it kind of ca- caught on like once everyone got involved with the internet, you know, digital audio players and shit like that. You know, it got the name podcasting obviously through the Apple Podcast. Just throwing that little tidbit of info out there. Yeah, it, too bad it wasn't the uh, the Koan MP3 player casting. <laughs> The Sansa, Sansa MP, MP3 radio or some shit. Yeah, Zunecasts. Let's take your mind back into a time before smartphones. Frank, bring, put, put us in the mindset of the year 2001. It's the, the year 2001. Don't think about 9-11. <laughs> it's like... It's, ba- it's basically like... It's like the 90s are over. And we look onward into the millennium. And then it's like not even a year into the millennium. Well, a year into the millennium, yes. And then it's like, boom. Yeah, that that was the thing that kind of wrecked everything. Yep. But it, it, the funniest, funniest joke I've ever seen online was some guy commented. This was years ago. Someone was like, it's almost like Americans think history started after 9-11. <laughs> Damn. But anyway... But yeah, uh, so to early 2000s, you got really, really poor fashion choices. We're just coming out of the uh, the haze that is the grunge era, so everybody's wearing flannel, but it's like brightly colored flannel, because primary colors and like Saved by the Bell shit were coming back into style. Everybody's listening to like Fred Durst and the Tony Hawk's Pro Skater soundtrack. Whoop, whoop. A question. What was up with electronic music in this era not stuff that was on like the indie labels like warped but what was uh, let's what are some examples like that whole like ethel 69 kind of shit oh yeah well you had you had a lot of weird acts like that like you had eiffel 65 and uh a lot a lot of weird artists out of europe because i'd honestly say like this was around the time where you know napster was a big thing and it kind of removed the boundaries insofar as, you know, how, how country-centric uh, music could be. Because if you look at the pre-internet days, um, just talking like indie, like independent music or like uh, niche genres like electronic stuff in general, you really had two different flavors based on if you were in America or if you were in like Europe or Great Britain. And they didn't really intermix because you couldn't, like, unless you were, you intentionally imported stuff or just knew some awesome underground radio station or some shit there wasn't a cross-pollination but the internet kind of made it so it was the first time that people were actually seeking out new music and uh it was a very, very good time for French House. That was when Daft Punk's Discovery came out. I think that's right. Yeah, I, th- I think so. Also, do you think that everyone was more preoccupied with playing RuneScape, Frank? <laughs> Dude, yes, unfortunately. I played that game for like nine seconds, and I'm pretty sure that like some guy did the traditional thing of getting me out into the wilderness and then ganking me for all my stuff, and then I locked out. <laughs> Hey, did you know that there are a bunch of monsters that, out here that drop really good loot? 
<laughs> hey, hey, man, put down all your stuff and I'll give you a really rare item. Fucking RuneScape griefing. Also, you we have to talk about this era because while everyone was still reeling about, you know, the the constant, like, nonsense of, like, culture war. They don't serve French fries anymore. I'm getting European fries today. Not French fries? Oh, no, no, no. We ran across this story coming from, to us from... Beaufort, North Carolina, where a uh, certain restaurant there is now saying they're not going to be serving any more French fries. That's what we're hearing, and uh, Neil Rowland, is, uh, he's the operator of this restaurant, it's Cubby's in Beaufort, uh, North Carolina, and there's Neil. He's joining us now live to tell us what this is all about. Hey, Neil, where'd the idea come from? Or, you know, incompetent leadership. My fellow Americans, major combat operations in Iraq have ended in the Battle of Iraq. The United States and our allies have prevailed. Us youngins, we were excited for the future because of the video games. Yeah, this was like you had the Dreamcast out. Finally, video games didn't look like a bunch of cardboard boxes. PlayStation 2 was a thing. It was amazing. The Xbox, the Blitzkrieg on the gaming industry. Oh, yeah, Microsoft just shows up as a player out of nowhere after the demise of Sega and makes a console big enough to where you could, like, accidentally drop it on your cat and cause some serious damage. The good old days. Let's get started with this episode. Well, this episode opens, and right from the first frame, we are bombarded with two terrible 90s fashion choices. <laughs> we have Manny wearing that fucking fedora that is basically the the hat that ties the episode together. That thing goes on a journey. I don't know if you noticed. I noticed. Well, we we have that, and then we have Emma, and whatever the fuck that Britney Spears hairstyle abortion is. <laughs> with, like, the weird pigtails and the long, like, shoulder-length hair at the back. Hitting up some boy on the email, like he wink, used to. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I never really corresponded with people, random people over the email. Like, so Emma would, be, Emma then ends up like making like a quick save because her mom comes through, like you know, like what are you guys doing? You know, being a curious mom basically, and he shows like high school, her junior high school pictures. Yeah. <laughs> Some great, uh, a lot of 80s hair in those pictures. Yeah, I I think Degrassi Junior High, the original one, was like mid to late 80s, early 90s, like maybe ending around 91, because I think that's why they're like, they decide to reboot the franchise. Yeah, there's definitely a photo of a chick who looks like punk rock Hillary Clinton in there. <laughs> but the, the, the elephant in the room here, aside from Emma's mom being named Spike and dressing like a distaff counterpart to Billy Joel... Or not Billy Joel. Who's who's the lead singer of Green Day? Mike Joel? Billy, Billy Joe Armstrong. Ah, Billy Joe Armstrong. And I Close know, enough. I know, well, not really. <laughs> they are two very different people. Well, no, I'm talking name-wise. Yeah. I don't think Billy Joe Armstrong has ever been in a New York state of mind. I just know 80 Joel sucks. <laughs> Emma did, Emma's mom like starts like like, complaining to her, like, hey, you should really clean your room, that kind of stuff, like, typical mom. Get off the computer! I'm trying to look up boys! Go outside, have friends! Yeah, it exist off the internet. This was before smartphones ruined everything! Fucking millennials! Definitely. Okay, um, 
Fucking, Jesus. fucking tree mail, son. Yeah, tree mail was not a real internet service. It was, however, the mail service in Survivor. Shouts to tree mail. And shouts to Joe Rogan, who has nothing to do with Survivor. I just realized. Anyway, <laughs> uh, tree mail's everyone's favorite email client because it flashes a gigantic fucking pop up dead center in your screen whenever you get a message. Weep, 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 weep. Boyfriend alert. <laughs> Creep alert, creep alert. <laughs> we'll get into that. Yeah, this is definitely a Stranger Danger-centric episode. Yeah. Uh, I feel like it rises above the mold, in a sense, compared to like all the other ones I'm more familiar with. Yeah, it's definitely effective. I, I will leave it at that until we get to it. But Yeah. So, Emma mentions that this kid, Jordan, got like apparently like 6,000 signatures for a reservation to be saved. Just hearing that is just like it brings a little smile on my face because I'm like that's just the early days of you lying on the internet, basically. <laughs> yeah, some my dad works from Nintendo for Nintendo shit right there. They're taking some stuff back to school because Emma's mom is like in charge of the uh, high school reunion. Here we meet, quote unquote, meet uh, JT, who looks like the background extra in every Seth Green movie ever made. You can't make a twelve-year-old awaken bake stoner, but I feel like that's what they were trying to do. Um, we then transition over, cause, because uh, here it focuses on one particular character, and that character is Joey. Joey here was also a member of the original Degrassi back in the late 80s, and we see that he's evolved into a car salesman. Yep, like uh, some sort of weird Pokemon evolution. <laughs> and uh, he, has the, he has a car lot with a total of, I think, three cars on it. <laughs> like one is it looked like to me i couldn't really tell it looked like it might be a Chrysler, an old chrysler minivan and then the two that are in frame are a new beetle that he's trying to sell to another character and a mustang 2 in the background and and also the giant inflatable gorilla a staple of every used car lot Let's see joey is selling this car to his old friend who who was named lucy who was also in the you know old show and that's the one retro. name that I was missing. I got everyone else's. He he goes, it's retro meets modern. And he only has three of them. And <laughs> the Mustang 2 is his. And Lucy doesn't really look like the type who ro rolls around in a minivan. So, new Beetle it is. That shit was, <laughs> that shit was in like that shit was in vogue. It was hot. You got Beetle and Venture racing out. Everyone wanted one for reasons. You got the PT Cruiser for some reason, the ugliest car known to man. Oh, God. Lucy starts dropping hints to Joey about, you know, going back to the high school reunion. But the one thing she says to me that kind of rubs me the wrong way about it is... I checked the reunion website last night. You're not confirmed. I know. I know. Joey, we're all sorry that your wife died, but it's been a year. I think that Julia would be upset if she thought that you were cutting yourself off from people. Can we, um, why don't I go in, get the keys, and we'll go for a spin, okay? Angela, you wanna go for a spin? Your wife died. It's been a year. It's time to get over it. And I'm just, like, that, that, sitting there. Yeah. I was like, what the hell? A year is not enough time. That's something that you just don't get over, usually. And he Honestly, I felt like she was trying to smash. That's what I felt like. Really? Yeah. Like, until, until the whole sexual, weird, like, well, not quasi-sexual rekindling... Between Joey and Kate, I was like, oh yeah, that's what's going on here. She she rolls up on the lot with the pretense of, oh, I'm going to buy a new Beetle. Oh and then, God. nah, it's just, give me them digits. We're going to go out to the bar. We're going to get wasted. 
We're gonna dr- we're gonna get Canadian wasted. Yeah, we're gonna get can- we're gonna drink a bunch of Molson Rye, and then you're gonna take me back to the Joey Zone, <laughs> which is what he calls his uh, probably two bedroom apartment. <laughs> yes, you know he does. Um, I feel like Joey. I but you know what though that does tie into the, your theory about the Mustang being his though. Yeah, exactly. Like. He's like, I'm getting back out there. I need a cool car. You can get a Mustang too for seven hundred dollars because nobody wants them, <laughs> and chicks aren't gonna know the difference. So th- th- this scene ends with Joey like, this is a dude who's legitimately pulling himself out of the social circle because his wife died, and that's totally something that happens. Like, for for as much cheesiness and just raw bacony Canadianity that is in this show. <laughs> It does uh, tackle these subjects pretty well for, honestly, seems like it was created by the Children's Television Workshop. JT basically falls, and then we meet Mr. Simpson. <laughs> Mr. Simpson, the the most, uh, the man with the least amount of authority ever. <laughs> I think he has, like, a certain, like, presence to him, in a sense. He kind of looks like someone you'd maybe want to talk to on, like... If you were, like, that kid who always spent, like, lunch in, like, the library or something, like, he'd be one of those kind of teachers. Yeah, totally. Like, or, or like, a decent guidance counselor, not a shitty one. He also makes a very eerie prediction, too, about headwear in the future. I can see fedoras are making a comeback. Ah, great. Thanks a lot, guys. Uh, listen, go and enjoy your last few days of freedom. What? Fedoras are making a comeback? Yes, and it, it, it took me aback. I'm like, wow, that's very head on. Yeah, he got it. He got it, unfortunately. Yeah, I'm just going to say this. As much shit as I talked about fedoras, there is a picture of me online wearing a fedora, so I can't even front. For, mine's not online, but I do have, like, one photo that, like, my, my, my uh, it wasn't a fedora. It was, like, a Target $10 trilby, and that phase... <laughs> That phase lasted all of 10 minutes and did not leave the house. I think I sent that photo to uh, a a female friend of mine at the time. She was like, what the fuck are you doing? And I was like, I don't know. And then I stopped. So, yeah, we we got uh, JT's walking in. You know, they're rolling up to the computer lab. Emma's still talking about her boyfriend. Emma, let's go. Oh, I see. You can email Jordan from here? Shut up! Oh, he can read into my soul. Ow! And the jewel in the Degrassi crown, the Media Immersion Lab. Every computer here is connected to the internet via... And guess who rolls up? It's everyone's favorite character, Toby. (laughs) A name that nobody should have. Just retire Uh. Toby. We need to retire the name Toby like it's a fucking football jersey. Just put Mm. it under glass. (laughs) Yeah. He just looks like that's that. It, well, even he really he looks like a fat Sean from Boy Meets World. But <laughs> go ahead. Uh, one thing that struck me about him is like the, the, his shoes are enormous. I didn't even notice him at first. Like it might be the high tops and the cargo shorts, which is totally a look that I would rock around that time if I knew what high tops were. Ba- basically, <laughs> I hate Toby because I hate myself at that at that time in my <laughs> life. I guess. But they, they, he, he rolls up, and him and JT do their stupid summer camp uh, jingle like no one would ever do, ever. Toby? JT? Mickey Hickey Wampum! Mickey Hickey Yap! Mickey Hickey Wigwag! North Street Summer Camp! Dude, 
What do you think is that friends? My dad. Do you know who Toby reminds me of, though? Who? Ralphie from A Christmas Story. Oh, man. I hate that movie and I hate that kid. One thing I noticed, uh, just a weird observation. These first two episodes, Toby doesn't have glasses on. Ah, good eye, wink, wink. <laughs> Later episode, as you'll notice, like JT meets, comes off like he's meeting Manny and Emma for the first time, even though in this episode, they seem to have already been friends. Yeah, what we're saying is that we don't know where this episode fits in in the Degrassi expanded universe. This might be a side story like Degrassi Gaiden, Toby no shithead. <laughs> I was totally going to try to make an anime joke, but I'd mess it up. Because <laughs> I know very little about anime. Yeah. Toby-san. <laughs> Toby-san. Oh, Toby-sama, please lend me your strength. But lend <laughs> me your strength in knowing how computers work and eye-rolling at the antics of otherwise normal children. <laughs> he definitely has that personality of someone who's like... Always that kid who's trying to impress the adults, you know, like dude, trying to go, going past the character like this. Just the actor kind of strikes me as the type of kid who's probably now extremely creative genius. You like trying to do a bunch of creative projects centered around the fact that he's apparently like one eighth Native American or something, and it's just all really embarrassing looking shit. And he has a <laughs> weird, creepy mustache beard combo. It can't be creepier than Bible Man. No, but nothing's creepier than Bible Man. I love the story of Bible Man because it's like, Bible Man was once on cocaine, and then he stopped with the power <laughs> of the Lord Jesus Christ and became Bible Man. But then he had to stop being Bible Man because he went back to being on cocaine for a bit. And then they replaced <laughs> him with a different actor. I can't believe that Bible Man went from, like, just being the worst cracked foam awful nightmare to... Having lightsabers in it. I guess that's the power of the Roxio video toaster. We go to the next scene where it's um, Emma's mom and uh, her. This is well. This is basically Kate, and I'm having the notes where she was like, where I'm like, you can tell she's famous because she's riding in a limo and she's holding a cell phone that doesn't look like it's out of date. That and she has the magazine cover that she's on. At her feet in the limo, because we got to reestablish that magazine cover, which is the most overexposed cover shot I have ever seen, by the way. <laughs> like, uh, there, there had to be someone on set who could have taken a better photo. It looks like a mug shot. <laughs> it looks like the type of photo that gets taken at, like, the later parts of a 4th of July party where everyone's drunk and someone left the flash on. <laughs> Kate is on the phone with her fiancé, which we establish using some very intense visual language as the camera pans from her cell phone to her ring as she shuts it. So she gets to the school and meets up with Mr. Simpson, who gives her a big old liftoff hug, which always seemed a little weird to me. Like I've never really seen someone do that in real life, especially to a fully grown woman. I guess it's supposed to be like, oh, it's back like when we were kids, but to to me it just seemed like she was getting command grabbed or some shit. And then uh, the bad decision hat claims another victim as he, he sticks that hat directly on her head. Is your greatest memory of Degrassi? What? So I went through a headband phase. <laughs> it was the 80s, you were there. Oh, speaking of the 80s, how about this? Oh. Uh, Joey's fedora. Okay. Nice. Nice, it suits you. Where's the shirt? I don't know. I think Joey's still wearing it. <laughs> yeah? 
Look at that. Why don't you sell me a car like that, Jeremiah? Yeah. <laughs> and then we get the weird wistful look from like the school window from her to Joey. And that combined with the soundtrack seems like it's the start to uh, a bad music video. <laughs> I really I really want to use it to just start like a vaporwave song or something. We'll have to put that in the episode. God, that's such an awful hat. Oh, yeah. It's a Stetson. Like, I didn't even know Stetson didn't make cowboy hats, to be honest. <laughs> like, I, I thought they just made, like, accessories for shit kickers who have lift trucks. That's it. It's like the protagonist from Red Dead Redemption just comes by like, I need my hat back, actually. <laughs> John Marston needs his hat. And, like, we, we cut to, uh, you know, Joey comes in along with Lucy. Everybody's talking. There's more close-ups and dolling than hackers. I believe, like, Joey and Kate's characters, they went through a very serious of breakups in the original Degrassi, so maybe it's, like, hinting, like, you like, maybe this is it. This is the final time they're going to be together. Oh, I get that, but it was just very, very distracting. Uh, very, very distracting camera work to me. Like, and very, very emblematic of the 90s. And, and the, the 90s and this genre of television, because I don't see that shit in Star Trek Deep Space Nine. No one's wheeling the <laughs> camera around Captain Sisko. Sorry, Commander Sisko, because I'm in the early episodes and for some reason they didn't make him a captain stationary not handheld here <laughs> yeah totally just flat shots we might dolly if they're walking but we're dollying backwards if they are how secure is the computer system in degrassi because these emma and manny literally are already knocking the plastic off and they're already logged on to the internet talking to jordan i just know that i can use the machine for porn I type titties into the Googler, and it shows me titties. I, I don't know why my accent got vaguely Amish towards the end of that. It's Is that one of them jokes where it's supposed to indicate the person is dumb because they got a bit of a draw? Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. I suppose that's exposing my own internal biases towards people of a southern persuasion. Or the Midwest, because let's be honest. Well, I, I really yeah, I I grew up I grew up in St. Joseph, Missouri. I have a right to talk like a redneck. Uh, you know, we hit the kids on the playground, and I, uh, I feel like this scene to me is what solidifies this as one of my favorite shows because I feel like they nailed like being in middle school, being kind of a smartass, being kind of whimsical about life at that age. They nailed it with this scene here, either like through JT and through Toby, and just how it ends, essentially. Oh, yeah. Uh, one thing I did notice, uh, just that kind of amused me, I don't know, like, between the stick thing that he's carrying and the squirt gun, and the way he's holding it, it totally looks like uh, JT's just rolling up with a bong. <laughs> it's like big smile on his face. And I, I was thinking, I'm sure that that just predicted a lot of that kid's college years. He would definitely be the kid who brags about knowing SoundCloud rappers. <laughs> he he knew what uh, he knew what sad boys were before anybody else. He he's the guy who basically would rob you for your Supreme hoodie. <laughs> he's walking around in knockoff Yeezys. <laughs> <laughs> hey guys, I'll see you tomorrow. 
<laughs> JT, JT, no, stop! Someone stop them! Those are my fake Easies. Like they're at the playground, but they're just talking. It for the most of it. It kind of illustrates how these kids are in at the border between childhood and teenagerdom because they're all like twelve, mm-hmm. which is a very very awkward time when you're growing up. For it was for all of us. Oh yeah, I don't. I, I, show me a confident twelve year old, and I'll show you someone who's probably a sociopath. <laughs> I'm just gonna say that's one of those kids that kids that would emphasize. No, I'm 12 and a half. Like, wh- wh- how are you 12 and a half of something? That... You're 12 and a. I don't really give a shit, kid. Go back it's... to your fucking Pokemon's. <laughs> Go back to your Pokemans and play your video games, son. I don't care. <laughs> I'm just pissed off because my dad stole my freaking Power Man 5000 CD. It's mine. <laughs> I can't believe you didn't know the name of the lead singer of that band. No, I was joking. I knew who that was. Oh, good. You can't, you can't not know who Spider Zombie is. That's the greatest name on the face of the earth. <laughs> uh, the next scene that we hop over to is it's actually Spike and Kate at, at the computer in Emma's room, and we see them like just checking out the reunion website, getting all excited. Uh, Spike <laughs> is checking the rock that's on Kate's hand and. Basically, when she says, like, I can't wait to meet Keith, and she goes, he's got great taste in jewelry, I think that's the weirdest thing to say to somebody. Also, with the, like, the whole grabbing of the hands thing and the camera angles, I was like, there's some legitimate sexual tension in this scene. That or it's, like, je- like it's jealousy. Like, yeah, it's, just, that... it's this weird warped jealousy. Kind of like a weird Mean Girls vibe. Then uh, uh, Emma rolls up. Why are you on my computer? Excuse me, our computer? You're on the reunion site again? Next time can we try asking before trespassing? Next time could we be more polite to our guest? M. Caitlin Ryan! Rude as shit. Oh god, that... She's like, next time can we try asking instead of trespassing? Which would have earned a shut the fuck up from my parents. If not worse. I wouldn't even... I couldn't even conceive of thinking of saying something like that. It'd just be a quiet... Can I... Can I... Can I... Can you guys, can I get on the internet? Yeah, totally. Like, who paid for the computer? Who's paying for the electricity that goes through the computer? What, what, what are you doing? You didn't, you didn't, you didn't buy this with uh, nickels that you got off of making a lemonade stand. This is an E-Machines 500 <laughs> series. It is never obsolete. That's what it says on the sticker. You gotta, you gotta pay good money for that. That's at least $300. My thing is, it's like, but. I, I like how... I like how Emma shows her knowledge about is is she's knowledgeable about computers, but yet she assumes her mom hacked into her email. And it's like it's one of those cliches that I feel like TV has had this for years. Like TV had no clue what hacking actually was until like Mr. Robot. It's <laughs> I, like no, you I, were still signed in, and I clicked on it. Like I couldn't hack a toaster. She didn't even do that. She was just making a joke. Right, and it's like the rudeness of Emma just just bugs the shit out of me like I, I can get not wanting your mom and your business but uh over your yeah. head like and you, you're kind of going into it a little too bright-eyed if that but let's look no. at this like from the perspective of what if jordan had been legitimate he's still a 16 year old going into that mentality going back to 16 if someone i knew at 16 told me that they were seeing some girl that was like still in middle school like and at that age it's like what are you doing it's everybody's favorite character, Keith. 
With all the charisma of Johnny Cage, Joe Franke! On the script about you guys, kind of a dangerous minds meets footloose kind of thing. Just, just a second, I gotta take this. Yo, Frankie. Yeah. No, I'm in Toronto. Hey, yo, Frankie, listen, I'm fucking over here in the fucking Paisanos. They're getting in my way. Oh! He's, he's from L.A., but he sounds like he's from Cartoon New York. I have no idea <laughs> where he's actually supposed to be from. And what, what annoys me about him the most is he's pitching them essentially high school musical with this dumbass idea. Total... Canadian guy trying to sound American and failing miserably. Hey, listen, that's my friend Sally Sacramento over there. <laughs> to me, this guy sounds like if he's not talking into a cell phone about some terrible-ass production that is never going to get off the ground, he is asking, where's the Coke? Uh, it's Kate, Keith, <laughs> and uh, Lucy, and uh, Joey, and Mr. Simpson, whose first name I don't know. I thought, like, it, it was Steve. I think I heard someone refer to him as Snake. Yeah, it's Snake. Really? His name yeah, is Snake actually... Simpson. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's also a good one. But th this whole conversation they're having is basically www.expositiondump.com. show every week the situations you get yourself into. You're, you're amazingly brave. Brave? So what about you? What about me? <laughs> Come on, don't be so modest. Two years of physical therapy? Followed by an honors BA and a master's in anthropology. Your PhD in one more year. Guys, that's not brave. Oh, no, you're right. It's just uh, brilliant, awesome, and amazing. It's not even awesome. It's just life. I survived the accident. I got off easy. Sort of like wheels. Kills a kid. Ten years later, scot free. <laughs> They're like, Kate, you're, you're, you've been doing such good things with the environment and your TV show. We're totally not <laughs> setting up why you're giving the speech later. Hey, Joey, good job being car salesperson. So he that commercial A lasts five seconds, which is why the the suggestion to get an actor is so laughable. B he looks like he is sweating like a pig in it. He is so goddamn shiny. Like, did they film it inside a sauna? Why is he glistening? My thing is, my thing is, he reminds me of the car salesman bro from uh, Goodfellas. Like, it just, how it just comes on, basically, and how, like, energetic he's being in it. Oh, you mean the hair salesman? Yeah, 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 that's what he was. Damn it. <laughs> you can jump in the pool, and it won't come off. <laughs> Where's my money? I want my money. <laughs> and I, I, I will, like, I will freely admit, because um, Joey gets angry and says, I haven't changed, or, like... You're, no, I have changed, and so have you. And then he goes and walks off to sit at the bar and drink shots until his cab arrives. Actually, uh, I have changed. And so have you. Excuse me. I can understand. I I'm sorry. I'm sorry, but this is like the scene. This is like a song for like Theory of a Dead Man or something oh, like Theory of, of a Dead Man. This is like one of those post grunge kind of like scenarios, basically, where it's like. You know, we were sitting in the bar talking together, and then I thought my memories came. Like, that kind of yeah. shit. Yeah. Dun 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 But, I, I, like, back to the scene. I can understand, especially when you've had a significant trauma happen in your life, eventually wanting people to see past that and, you know, see you as a person and not just a sack full of uh, sadness. But 
Joey seems like a real bitch in this scene. <laughs> like, he just goes off. He's like, I don't want you guys talking about my wife. Even though it's the most significant thing that's happened to him since uh, since he's seen these people last. What's going on here? Nothing's going on. I just I knew this was a bad idea, so I'm going home. Oh, Joey, come on. Stink, you get off my back. Please, don't start. You know, cutting out the rest of the world is not going to bring her back. You know that, right? Will you save the Psych 101 crap your students? I'm not a child. I don't need you or anyone else telling me how to live my life. Joey, we're your friends. We're worried about you. All I get are people feeling sorry for me. Why do you think I don't want to go tomorrow night? It just makes me feel worse. So this has nothing to do with Caitlin? No. No, it doesn't, all right? He's like, hey, it's the guy who sells cars and his wife is dead. Hey, Joey! Yeah, I can see if fucking Tony Pepperoni over there was talking about his wife. Like, look, you've got to get past it. It's been a year, dog. Listen, bro. Listen, bro. Uh, look, your wife might have been a whore. <laughs> All I'm saying is, it, she she looked like, from what I saw, it looked like she had a good pair of cans, and I'm sad she died for you, okay? Listen, you got you got yourself, you got a Mustang too. Just get a supercharger on that thing, you'll be rolling in fucking pussy, I guarantee you. <laughs> Fuck yeah. Just hire an actor to go on dates for you. <laughs> Snake Simpson. Everyone's favorite WWE wrestler <laughs> comes over to Joey, tries to talk to him like, dude, what are you doing? Like, these are your friends. We're over here. We're here for you. Stop being such an asshole. Joey's just like, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to drink my rail whiskey and wait for my cab. And I'm going to be over here. You guys can go be over there. I do appreciate the little look that uh, Simpson gives him, like, as he looks back. It does come off like a, like, I feel like this scene was, like, very sincere. Like, this... It's more like, Joey, you're being this way, but you don't have to be. Yeah, and like, it does work to set up the fact that uh, Joey comes to the school to apologize and does stick around for the reunion later. Like, I think it works. It's not, it, it doesn't seem forced or anything. So Spike, Lucy, uh, Kate, and Kate come back, and they're all hashtag drunk moms. They wake <laughs> up Emma. Uh, Spike and Lucy go off to get, uh, I, I think it's champagne that they're having or something like Which, that. by the way... A horrible drink. I'm thinking maybe ease it out a bit, maybe some wine or something like that. I wouldn't go champagne. Look, if you're Canadian, you get yourself some Molson, you hoser. <laughs> I don't know what these. I don't know what these women are doing. Hey, look, you don't like champagne? Fuck off. <laughs> Just not not drinking the the beer of choice, the national beer of Canada. Anyway, so. Kate goes to talk to Emma, who's on the stairs because she got woke up, and she unknowingly gives the worst advice ever. Can I ask you something? Sure. Let me guess. Your boyfriend? My friends don't think I should be with him. Well, what do you think? I mean, do you like him? Yeah, we get along so great. Sometimes it's like he can read into my soul. Well, sometimes. Then you just have to... Take a chance. Go for it. Even if your friends don't think it's right. Like what you do for the environment? Yeah, exactly. If my family had their way, I'd be working in an office right now. Somewhere on Bay Street. Oh, what an awful thought. <laughs> in this scene. But she unknowingly. Can't really be, unknowingly. She can't be faulted because Emma frames potential rapist as just some relationship issues. And even then, if I was Kate, I'm like, wait, why is a 12-year-old talking to me about this? Oh, yeah, totally. Like, But she's drunk, and, oh, you're so adult, whatever. 
I can see it happening. That and yep. you know they're they're Canadian. They're like they're they're already talking about having sex and shit. Not Amazing. doing it, but talking about it. Yeah, I feel, I kind of feel, this is something also that I feel like a lot of American shows kind of miss. I think I can really think of only like maybe one or two TV shows where I kind of felt like the adults were the adults, but they weren't like I'm the adult, so therefore I am right and I am wise. Because I feel like that's what's like the disconnect with like a lot of TV shows centered around like teenagers, basically. Yeah, well, the problem is like if you look at the this show's kind of contemporaries, I'd say, um, which t- takes me back to like Boy Meets World. Boy Meets World. Corey's parents essentially existed as a system of dispensing just the right thing to do, and it was up to him to listen to it. And then Mr. Feeney was essentially a sounding board who would always steer him in that direction. There there was no back and forth. There was no interacting as a quasi-equal or anything. It's just, oh, I don't, Mr. Feeney, I don't know what to do. Well, Mr. Matthews, you should uh, listen to your parents. I'm the voice of Kit from Knight Rider. (laughs) I would love to see. It would have been cool if Shia LaBeouf was uh, in Degrassi. Yeah, that would have been interesting. I think he would have like he would have stole the show basically. Honestly. Oh yeah, it would have been. Would have been between him and Drake. It would have been two titans of child <laughs> acting turned star. So Kate basically gave Emma the advice. Emma walks up to her room, and she basically says, "Hey, she wants to meet Jordan." Oh, you you missed the uh, fedora of doom crossing over to Lucy. Ah, shit, did I? Who, between the fedora and the pe- the cane, looks like she's wearing the world's worst pimp costume. <laughs> Still, though, ho- hottest girl in the show, as far as I'm concerned. Bar none. Yeah. The the the, the Dr. House limp doesn't bug me at all. Ah, <laughs> she, I like she that. She can limp her way into my heart. <laughs> <laughs> Emma's e- emailing Jordan to say, hey, I'd totally like to meet you over this school trip that's happening during the summer for some reason. And I can totally, speaking of hackers, I can totally just take that scene and intercut it with the trailer from Hackers. And none, nobody would be the wiser. They'd be like, holy shit, this movie was cool. <laughs> ominous to be continued happens here. Very ominous. Sometimes you just... Go for it.
powerful, exhilarating, cutting edge. That's everything that the Xbox is. Okay, so quick question, Bill. You know, this thing, it's, it's, uh, it's unbelievable. It's, it's certainly a breakthrough. It's going to be amazing. You know, it does everything broadband, uh, DVD capabilities. Uh, sound is going to be incredible. Uh, I just want to know, is it karaoke uh, capable? You betcha. <laughs> um, well, all joking aside, Bill Gates was real cool. He's a real cool guy. So, Emma's mom didn't go to the prom because she had her. Her mom graduated class in 91, so Emma's mom was the single mom who had a kid, basically. Yeah, and that's why she's so young, finger quotes, because that actress totally isn't. I'm not saying like I'm not saying that they look bad. They just don't look that age. She definitely looks like an early thirties. Like I, I know that like pe like depending on who I talk to, people will be like, "Oh, you're probably over 30, But uh, I'm also like fat and dumpy, so <laughs> <laughs> but that doesn't count. Like speaking of age, that like made this show pop off a lot better than other shows. They actually got people who like kids who looked like kids. Like that cannot be stressed enough. Oh yeah. Like, Spike dressing like a normal human being for once, and not good Charlotte fan 420 on AOL.com. <laughs> uh, so we, we, we're back to Keith, who's not wearing his glasses now, and I'm pretty sure that he's cross-eyed, and also he looks like Screech from Saved by the Bell. He looks vaguely he, like an emaciated Ray Liotta. Yeah, or like, from afar, he looks like he could be Al Pacino, from afar. <laughs> <laughs> He's playing some guy named Joey Fingers or something. Uh, Joey Baseballs? Yeah, totally. Joey Baseballs. Uh, you know, we're, we're at the reunion, and we see Kate wearing eyeliner that is definitely a choice not normally seen outside of anime cosplays these days. That It's just, like, with the white on the corners, it was really odd. It's like very Britney Spears Pepsi commercial. Yeah, it's... I'd say it's even distracting in a sense, to be honest with you. A little bit, yeah. It's the one thing that takes, like, between between that and the may I speak to your manager haircut that is excusable in this era because everybody had one, then uh, <laughs> I'm going to leave the wine mom jokes to you because you had the best ones. <laughs> we have a wine mom roll up on Joey <laughs> trying to, once again, someone trying to get it in on Joey, trying to get to the Joey zone. <laughs> Let me. I look at it like this. I feel like because he's such a nice, likable guy, I think that's why people like him. Yeah, he's nice, likable. He's, you know, you know, he's a widower, and that's always very disarming. And, and think, uh, he, he has a daughter that he's raising. Like he has a nice, hot ass Mustang too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, listen, I'm gonna play a rap tape. You like Jay Z? And, and that that. <laughs> The episode is cut so that uh, what Emma's doing and the reunion is interspersed, but we're going to cover them separately to keep it simpler. So, at the reunion, like, Joey overhears Wine Mom talking to Keith about how Keith totally isn't ready for marriage, and maybe you should just look for new experiences, like finger-banging me in the janitor's closet. <laughs> maybe casting me in one of your movies. One of your movies. What kind I, of... I... Movies. I swear, and let me just, let me go on a rant here. This scene pisses me off for, for so many reasons. Because I know for a fact, eons ago, not even eons, about maybe 15, 18 years ago, there were so many guys like this. 
would cast any woman that would sleep with him in their shitty ass movie. Oh yeah, like and and have the audacity to act like they were somebody. The the kiss of the rose coming straight to the direct to DVD bargain bin at your local Dollar General. It's like, hey, this could have been porn, but we cut everything because she said she didn't sign a waiver and she'll sue the shit out of us. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't get her to sign the contract with the nudity clause in it, so. And, uh, you know, of course Keith is a cheating scumbag. How could he not be? Look at how he is. Look he's at from his Los existence. He's from Los Angeles. They have no morals there. That guy just exists to cheat on people and do coke. That's it. Really? He. <laughs> Then we cut to the the speech, the big Kate speech. There's totally a dude in the audience who answered the callback for the rapist <laughs> audition and did not nail it, and is just stuck as an extra now. He just looks like he just like he's just so irritated by everything. He's like he's he's definitely one of those like low key men's rights activist kind of guys. It's like this fucking woman is up here, and it's not fair. I should be able to talk. I I'm the local VP of management out at the tractor supply company. Why the hell aren't I the one giving the speech? Yeah. I mean, this is like one of those realistic things about like high school and high school reunions. Like maybe one person out of your entire graduating class becomes like famous or known for something. Yeah. We got Keith and Joey having an under the breath conversation about how Keith is a cheating scumbag. She's pretty good, isn't she? But Some of us think so. Me Some of us aren't too sure, are they, Keith? Here to about Excuse me? We're here to celebrate our future. Hey, Allison. Are you planning to go to Los Angeles before or after he breaks up with Caitlin? Oh, okay, your bipolar jealous thing has got a little out of hand. Excuse me? See, what kind of loser comes to his fiance's high school reunion and, and tells a stranger that he's going to break up with her when he makes it big? What, you were eavesdropping? That is so uncool. Uncool? Yeah, and so none of your business. Hey, she's my friend. I'll make it my business. Now, whether you tell her... Triumphing when we're up. Just relax, Joey. So, uh, a toast. To the next ten years. Like that, Joey? Joey. I like how Keith does a bit say, of projecting here. Joey's brooding like he just looks so mopey here. Oh yeah, he he totally looks like he should just be on some rooftop somewhere sulking. Yeah. Having quotes from the movie Garden State. Ah. Uh. <laughs> halfway through uh halfway through Kate's speech, they get into a big slap fight. Which I think I think the fight was uh you know it was, it was pretty decent. Yeah, they did a good job of capturing like uh you know middle aged we don't know how to fight fight. <laughs> and then Joey like starts smacking them with his phone like that like yeah that was funny is... like as soon as the phone picked up what you want this smack and he's just standing there he gets smacked like three times. <laughs> then it finally comes out that Keith isn't ready to get married and. Almost plowed Cheryl in the copy room. <laughs> and then uh, Joey and Kate have a big heart-to-heart -heart in the bathroom about how Kate has only had this one year-long relationship, and that's her longest one. She thought it was going good, so she was the one who proposed. 
Yeah, I kind of say I like what Joey says about his wife here. How did you know that it was right? I love that she called me Joe. Her hair smelled like rain. And she always, always made me laugh. <laughs> it's kind of, it comes off kind of corny, but I think it comes off more realistic, if, if anything. Like, you do kind of care about, like, those small little things about someone. Yeah, that's, that is how you know that, like, you know, it, that's the real stuff. Definitely. I felt like they hit it pretty well. I wrote down, I wonder if this is going to be some Ross and, Ross and Rachel bullshit with Joey and Kate. <laughs> I have no idea. And now it's time for everyone's favorite plot arc, Emma meeting Jordan. A parental parental advisory. I'll add it in the beginning of the episode. <laughs> yeah, trigger warning may contain rapist. Deadass. <laughs> 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 no pun intended damn it uh we're back to where uh her mom's leaving i can get why emma lies to her mom about meeting this dude because you know something very shaky for a 12 year old to be doing and emma's smart enough to understand that even uh, if jordan's 16 uh but what i don't get is why she lies to manny about it because like, they, they, her, JT, and Toby give, like, all of their objections about it, but it doesn't seem like a thing that they would actively try to stop her from doing. So, I think the, that her lying was just an added layer of stupidity on the cake. So she's going to a hotel, even though she was like, oh yeah, I'll totally meet him in a public place. Which she kind of did, but it's like, still though, that's like, that's a no-no. Yeah, like... Even if I had a date that was like, hey, meet me at this hotel, and I hadn't met them before, I would think that's kind of weird. One thing I've noticed is, uh, when you're growing up, a year is a big difference, like, between just for who your peer group is and who you interact with and who you feel comfortable interacting with, but as I age, like, it doesn't matter anymore. Like, uh, you know, there could be, like, ten-year gaps, and I'm still hanging with people. I think it's, especially for us, it's more, like, for the better. Like, I think some people have it kind of warped, like, you know, once you get older, you're supposed to not have friends or reconnect or want to meet people. It's kind of weird. Emma's at the hotel, and Mr. Nystrom rolls up, and this this actor seems like the type of sleaze you'd see in a knockoff Girls Gone Wild video. He looks he like the looks cool like youth pastor. <laughs> Right, like someone Kurt Cameron would be hanging out with. Oh, totally. Like, he's like one of those skaters for Christ kind of guys. Like, he, you see him on a skateboard, but he's got like a POD shirt on. Yeah. You see him on a skateboard with like a Jesus fish on it. <laughs> hey, kids, I'm shredding for the Lord. <laughs> he just doesn't ollie and he thinks he's like the shit. <laughs> Let's rap about Christ. He definitely has the look of like in those TVs, like those TV shows or those movies of like, like the white teacher, they go into like a, a school like with most like uh, students of color. Like the first thing he does is he he takes a chair, he turns it backwards and yeah. sits in it and turns his head backwards. <laughs> Fucking dork. <laughs> I, I, I get I get some sick air out there, but the only person who can heal the sickness in your heart is Jesus Christ. Come on, dude. Let, 
let's bond this hill and talk about God. Come on, dude. Look at look at all the splendor that you could just shred on that is only here due to the Lord's bounty. Hey, I don't call it the Christ air. This is all God's air. <laughs> Calling it the Christ air is blasphemous. I know. They wouldn't call it that in the Christian uh, Skate Youth Jam 2001. <laughs> Christian Skate Youth Jam 2001. There's a t-shirt. So, uh, I think they... <laughs> I might make that, actually. That's fucking great. So, we got Mr. Nystrom carting around at, like, the world's smallest pizza box. Like, this dude is supposedly bringing up pizza for high schoolers, right? He right. has a small... Not even a medium. Just a small. That's the first, like, red flag. Yeah, totally. Like, good good on the, the writers for including that detail. These two episodes and the one after this that we watch is that this show seems to like to give out pretty clear advice. Now we're cutting between... Toby, JT, and Manny trying to hack, literally hack in to Emma's email by using the old, I'm going to check the secret question on the password reset link and then try to social engineer what the answer is, which totally works if you don't have two-factor authentication, which honestly wasn't really a thing back then. Like, this is legitimate, I'm not going to call it hacking, but like, legitimate ways to crack into someone's email circa 1994. It was a throwback, basically. Yeah. Would you say that was still effective up until, like, what, 2005, 2006? I'd say it would basically be pretty effective, uh, depending on the email, uh, like, the email provider, which I'm sure that Tremail does not have the best security. <laughs> it's run by, like, a bunch of anarcho-primitivists, too. <laughs> it's run ran by Greenpeace. <laughs> Emma looks like she's wearing Jin Kazama's pants. <laughs> like it's a Tekken creator character outfit. <laughs> she's about to get thrown into a volcano by, by Mr. Nystrom. Exactly. She's going to get thrown into a volcano, come up possessed by the devil, and then throw him into a volcano. Right. Emma just hits him with the electric wind god fist. So basically, they end up, you know, going back to the hotel room. Well, yeah, because that's where Jordan is. And he's he's totally ready to meet up and rap about nature. Mm-hmm. He's totally ready to kick it, perhaps chill. And uh, they get up there. There's nobody there. He, fish he, what? Listen to fish records. Oh yeah, listen to fish records. He totally like they get up there. There's nobody there. Mister Nystrom knocks on the door to the adjoining hotel room to fake like, "Hey guys, I'm back." Nobody there at all. One thing I do like about the hotel scenes and the slow burn they do on them is that it really does a good job of just ratcheting up that creepy feeling. And I kind of feel like he didn't overact either. Oh no, no, he plays it real well. Like. He's not, the thing is, like, he's creepy in what he's doing, but he's not acting creepy, if that makes any sense. Right, right, right. Because in all honesty, most people would, like, if you saw them, you would think they knew each other, essentially. Yeah, essentially, like, you know, he has pizza, whatever, that guy, like I said, he looks like the cool youth pastor, so no one would bat an eye. Emma sits down, They, you know, they start having some pizza, uh, or at least Mr. Nystrom does. right. You're going to notice the goof later on. Yeah, I was actually impressed that there was pizza in that box, to be honest. Emma gets figures out, she does a good job of figuring out what's up and a terrible job of unlocking the door. I, I'm going to stick up for Emma here. I feel like when you're, like, okay, when you're in a hurry, right? You know how you fuck up or miss certain things when you're in a in a hurry trying to leave? It's kind of the same way. Yeah, that and, like, she's young. She might not be familiar with, like, how hotel locks work and shit. 
And yeah. if that guy locked both locks, like, he's going to have enough time to hop over to the bed and get to her. And I do like the little detail of, like, the guy has her bag, so she does not have the cell phone in her in the uh, bathroom. <laughs> uh, Joey, during the high school reunion thing, uh, Joey says, what kind of a loser comes to her uh, his fiancé's high school reunion and tries to, like, fuck another chick or something? That sentence should have ended at what kind of loser comes to his fiancé's high school reunion. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, one one thing I did notice about uh, Mr. Nystrom is that he kind of looks like Dennis from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia. <laughs> like, I just kept picturing Glenn Howard in the whole time. Uh, so, ba- back at the computer, JT's like, who are the Pogues? Which means he obviously doesn't play Tony Hawk's Pro Skater. Because, <laughs> like, it, it was funny. Uh, Emma has a slice of that pizza in her hand as she's trying to unlock the door. Like, when she gets out of the bathroom. Because Mr. Nystrom was like, oh, I'll totally go to the lobby. Doesn't go to the lobby at all. Unfortunately, I couldn't input stab rapist with pizza like it was some sort of text adventure, because I totally would have. And Mr. Nystrom goes full Jared from Subway and is like, if you scream, I'll tape your mouth and you don't want that. Yeah, which is like the creepiest line. Oh, yeah. Well, no, I would say it's the second one. Second creepiest. I wish that... One of the things I wish, because we're basically at this point cutting between three scenes, I kind of wish that the hotel scenes have just been in one block and maybe just cut to the email parts, because it does do a bit to deflate the tension when we go back to, like, JT and friends, and, uh... I don't get it. See, look here. You and Emma rent Chicken Run. The next day she mentions it in an email to you. So? Jordan's next email? He likes Chicken Run, too. Big deal. Coincidence, right? But the next day, Emma emails you some garbage about how great fresh air is. Jordo's next email? I love hiking. Being out in the fresh air makes me feel so free. Emma writes to you or to anyone? He echoes it back to her. The guy's not looking into her soul. He's reading her email. Him and Toby are talking about Chicken Run. You know the cultural touchstone that is the movie Chicken (laughs) Run? And then... uh, Toby's being sarcastic about, oh, he just parroted back all the BS about fresh air. Fuck fresh air. I only breathe through a cloud of aerosolized Mountain Dew. I call it vaping. Yeah, he does say it about, like, take when you take a step back, it's like, why do you have to be such an ass about everything? Yeah, like, good job for getting into the email and, you know, saving your friend from getting raped, but, uh... Right, Let, let's make it all about Toby. Oh, yeah. So, the, the kids finally figured out, they run to the reunion, Mr. Simpson gets inadvertently cock-blocked by a rapist, because he's dancing with Spike and trying to put right. the moves on her. They show up at the hotel, um, ba- basically, like, Emma is able to unlock the door when her mom shows up. There's been a misunderstanding. You make a move, I'm gonna break your neck. Clear? That Mr. Nystrom tries to pull the whole, oh, this is just a big misunderstanding. Mr. Simpson's not having any of that shit and puts the Snake Simpson hold on him. (laughs) Threatens to break his neck, although I feel like that should have involved like some hand around throat action, but what do I know? Right, I think he should have literally just punched him. That that would have been great. Also, you did mention that you felt like Mr. Simpson looked creepier than Mr. Nystrom. I do think that, like, especially in that scene, like, if I were the cops rolling up, I'd be like, which one's the rapist, man? 
that they they get whole they get that whole thing resolved. They cut back to uh, what I assume is a police detective taking Emma's computer for evidence, which is weird because all her correspondence with the guy was via email, which should just be like subpoenaing the server for the emails. They definitely take Mister Nystrom's computer because it's no doubt full of child porn. But as far as taking hers, I don't think they'd do that. Maybe it's like a different like thing for like the Canadians. And then Emma is talking to her mom and tries to brush the whole thing under the rug. I'm sorry I ruined your reunion. I hope you had some fun last night. How could you do that, Emma? How could you do something so incredibly stupid? I made a mistake. A mistake? You could have been... You could have been killed. You've never made a mistake before? Like maybe having me? It's not the same thing. I screwed up. I'm a dumb kid. No, you're not dumb. That's what's so confusing. You kept this guy a secret for eight months. Why didn't you tell me? You know you can talk to me about anything. No, I can't. You're my mom. Don't you get it? You don't remember what it's like being 12. You don't remember anything. Actually, I do. Em. Will you remember one thing? Even when you hate my guts, I'll always try to listen. And I'll try to understand, but we have to keep talking, okay? I love you more than anything else in the world, okay? Mommy, I was so scared. Oh, I know you were, baby. I know. Yeah, you can't do that. Like, you almost could have gotten killed. Like, seriously. Yeah, it's shit. Like, own up. I'm sorry. You have to own that shit. They eventually, like, break down. Emma's like, you don't remember what it was like to be 12. Which, uh, you know, Spike's pretty young. Like, no, not in this. She's supposed to be, like, late 20s. Oh, okay. So maybe, like, 28, but still. But yeah, I mean, I think, but still, like, that's not a good excuse at all. It's like, no, that's beyond the point. Yeah. You know? Like, you you almost could have died. And eventually Emma gets it, and they have the heartfelt emotional catharsis that is the mother-daughter cry hug. And uh, the, the episode ends with everyone learning, hey, people lie on the internet, kids. Don't uh, don't be thinking that all, the, all that glitters is gold on the internet. After that emotional catharsis, are you ready to move on? Yeah, Jesus Christ. Oh, my God. Uh, let me go get a beer. So, Mr. Simpson, you admit you grabbed her can. What do you have to say in your defense? Mr. Simpson, your silence will only incriminate you further. No, Mr. Simpson, don't take your anger out on me. Get back, get back. M Mr. Simpson, no! Dramatization may not have happened. Toby, what will it take for you to open that door? Just say please. Please. Now say, Toby Isaacs is the coolest kid at Degrassi. Way, way cooler than any stupid grade eight could ever hope to be. Toby, I have to get something. Get what? Your hairbrush, your eyeliner, your training bra. Mom! 
First I wake up, wake up Thinking of a plan to get my cake up, cake up Cause I can't pay the rent with school papers I need two acres and more I know how it feel, woken out the door Pockets out of dough, out of dough Be on the floor, we smoking in dough But we out dough, adios My audio's getting me that audio On the range road, mahogany color Clothing, mahogany roll, drive slow Cruising down memory lane Before I hit the streets, have my melody plan Created to fly with my melody saying Headed between clouds, I think I'm married to Jane I remember the days where I forever complained That's way before they started pain, I was in pain Sick in the brain like I never met the physicist yet Only lived for sex, so my metaphysics intellect Sweet dreams stuck in the 90s, 90s babies It's a matter of time Sweet dreams, my nigga I wish you sweet dreams, my nigga Sweet dreams stuck in the 90s, 90s babies It's a matter of time And time's not rewinding Yeah Round two, about half of this loud dude Don't let them hounds stoop and get soundproof High frequency sounds too At static spot over serious static shots Scrap finals over them static pops I'm a fanatic flop, but a sporadic guy Never chat a lie, just pass the lie God the youth, stand with the truth Nigga, nothing less when the play button Press kill switches, fill it, hit your chest And meet your death, if I'm caught on the fence No he'll hit ya, yes, true facts Keeps it real with ya, build with ya Show you the real picture, only keep The ones around that suffer for meals with ya Cause when them suckers see you suffer And your cake getting rich on Your pockets getting thicker, that's when they Want you to remember a nigga, but when I handed you the tape, you couldn't remember The listen, sweet dreams Stuck in the 90s, 90s babies, it's a matter of time. I wish you sweet dreams, my nigga. Sweet dreams stuck in the 90s, 90s babies, it's a matter of time. And time's not rewinding. Been on my grind, I keep it 50-50, that's a hundred on the rail, no balance scale, still trippy. Where I live is either you know talent swell and sell records, or no talent well, we still sell for the record. Somehow the rap game remind me of the trap game, in fact it's the exact same, and these shacks is my crack cane. And if you listening to you with fame, our music is the cure like some vaccines. I started to the core, so stop vaccine, got the blueprints to the game, but I read it as king. There's 47 ways to get this green One is being an enslaved being, the other's dreams Red pill or blue bean I can't sit still, I'm too lean, nigga Rest my build on new beans Niggas on my tail now that I blue green Sweet dreams stuck in the 90s 90s babies, it's a matter of time It's a matter of time It's a matter of time Sweet dreams stuck in the 90s, nigga Stuck in the 90s, nigga. You just stuck in the 90s, nigga. Nigga, nigga.